You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Well, hey, look at your neighbor, unless they're crying because of the baptism of them, then give them time, give them space, don't push on them. But look at your neighbor and say, presents. Come on, say it like you mean it, like you're five. Presents! See, everybody likes presents, right? Uh, everybody likes presents. In fact, when I remember, like, when YouTube was just kind of becoming a thing, I remember there was this video, and I used to love watching kids freak out about presents. And so I brought you one of my favorite freak out about presents videos uh, from the, the power of the Internet. And we'll play it for you. Crank it up, man. Let's get in it. I want to feel the emotion. Oh, he's clawing at it. I think they're excited. Yep. Deep breath in and... No, it's still going. <laughs> He's still happy. My little sister has no idea what's happening. Oh, oh, another present. What could this be? What is it? It's a Nintendo 64 remote control car. Oh, wait, no, that's not a thing. But he's still kind of excited. All right. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Were any of you that kid? Just be honest. Moment of honesty, raise your hand. Were that kid. He's so excited about the Nintendo 64 that now everything is a Nintendo 64 thing. So he opens up a remote control car and he's like, Nintendo 64 remote control car. And then like he goes through his brain like, ah, oh, you just got excited about this, but you're wrong. But then he's so excited that and his sister is there like egging him on that he just keeps going. Um, but I love that I love that video because it's just totally ludicrous and ridiculous. But I love seeing kids freak out about stuff because that is like that kid. I've seen this kid now. That is like one of his happiest moments. Now I don't know how long that happiness lasts. I'm gonna guess till that afternoon, till like the first time he lost at Super Smash Brothers. Then he was like, I freaking hate Nintendo 64, and he broke it and he threw it in the trash and it never it never came back. Right. So it's funny to me, like, that extreme, as a child, that extreme level of happiness, and then probably to just drop off as soon as they're like, I thought you were buying games. Did you buy? No, I. you were supposed to buy the games because I bought the 64, right? And then there was no games, so he just had to sit there and look at it. Or, like, Grandma bought him the off-brand version of the game. So he was supposed to get, like, Transformers, but he got, like, Transmorph bots. <laughs> and, and it's like, I'll say, like, I thought it was the same. It was on the list, right? <laughs> but I think, I think it's so much a Christmas. Like, that's our goal. If you're a parent and you get your kid a gift, you seek, maybe not secretly, you want in your heart them to just lose it because you're going into debt anyways. They might as well be happy, right? Like it's just brutal credit card debt. You might as well at least, you know, feel good for this brief moment of time before they erupt into chaos. 
And that's essentially what I feel like what the holidays have become is like the kid is so happy about presents, but y'all know that's not going to last forever, right? We, we're smart enough people to know that that feeling is not going to last uh, for an eternity. And yet for some reason, we go into like this continual debt, continual uh, people just go into massive financial debt, or, or we buy things and try to, uh, try to get things, try to get things for our kids and try to do this because we want them to be happy, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. This year, I so boldly declared in August that I would build my daughter a playhouse for Christmas. That's so dumb. (laughs) Why did I do that? I I literally do not have a free day between now and Christmas to erect some kind of structure for her that resembles a Christmas playhouse. And then Jamin's in the back convincing her it has to be a princess castle. So now I got people in my own church turning my daughter against me, just racking up the bills. But I'm going to do it, right? Dads, right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to build it. Now, we're not like a consumeristic people. I'm not about that. But I'm going to build this thing just because I... I'd like a challenge, and I hate being told that I can't do something. So we're going to build this thing if i got to stay up till 2 in the morning. My dad will be over there cutting tile in the dark of night, <laughs> just talking under his breath, and I'll feel bad. <laughs> it's all me inside because it's warm. Uh, <laughs> that just got so honest. I'm sorry. To <laughs> no, no, no. But... In the season, with every stocking stuffed and unstuffed, every present wrapped and unwrapped, still, there's this feeling in the season like we're just not quite hitting contentment. We're just not quite hitting satisfaction. Because I love the temporary feeling of happiness that those things bring, but we all know they don't last. Because happiness is a great feeling, but happiness can't sustain. Remember I talked about the shadow and the substance a little while back. Happiness is a great feeling. It's good. And we could talk philosophy and happiness and the philosophy of happiness for a long time, Jamin. But my fellow philosopher, I wasn't calling him out for not being happy. Um, But only joy can sustain. Happiness is a great feeling, but only joy can sustain. See, happiness comes from a feeling like getting a gift. But joy doesn't come from a gift, it doesn't come from a gift we give. It doesn't come from a gift that, that, we, that we purchase. It doesn't come from a gift that we earn. It comes from a gift that's already been given to us. It, you cannot go out and buy joy. You can go out and buy happiness. A lot of cities were founded on this principle. You can go out and buy happiness, but you can't buy joy. Joy is a gift that has already been given to you. And we talk about Advent. We talk about the gift of joy and the arrival of joy and the gift of Jesus Christ. And so we have been doing this Advent series, remembering these things that as Jesus was prophesied, as Jesus was told about, as as they were waiting for a Messiah, what they were waiting for were all of these things. And when Jesus came, this is what he brought. This is who he is. This is who he came when he was Emmanuel, God with us. And we talked about peace a couple weeks back. And now in Advent this week is joy. And so this week in Advent, we'll read the scripture together out of Luke 2, 8. If you brought your Bibles, crack them open. If not, it'll be on the screen. But we remember together joy. So I want to pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me, and we're going to pray together. Well, Lord God, I thank you 
that as we gather together to open your word, God, as we gather together to, to speak out of, out of your scripture, God, that is alive, that is active, God, I thank you that it, it touches our hearts, God, and it transforms us and renews us. And so, God, I just pray this morning that you would speak through me, and God, that you would speak to every heart, and God, that you would just transform our lives uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you say we read some scripture, Amen. Let's do it. I think we should. Uh, Luke 2, 8 through 15. I'm reading from ESV. I think that's what's on the screens. You can read from your version. It says, Luke 2, 8. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. Someone say good news. Of great joy. Someone say great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And it says, and this will be a sign for you. The angel is saying, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And it says, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. It's a rightful response. Let me tell you, if a crowd of angels appears to you out of the sky while you're laying in a field at night, go check out what they had to say. Rule of thumb, hands down, something's happening, right? So here's what happens. It says in verse 10 through 11, and this is the part I think is so important for us in this season and focusing on Advent. It says, and the angel said to them, fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. See, when we see this scripture, we see as Jesus is announced, what else is announced? Joy. Good news of great joy is announced. And in this scripture, in the coming of Jesus, what we celebrate in this portion of Advent, and Advent meaning the, the waiting for the arrival of Christ and the celebrating the arrival of Christ and this, this waiting and this patience and these things, uh, what we celebrate is this Joy that God brings. And so there's three things that, that we see really about joy in the Scripture that is so powerful. And we learn about joy in the joy of the Lord. The first thing is that joy is the fruit of God coming near. Follow me here. Joy is the fruit of God coming near. See, the angels declared in the Scripture that to you this day a Savior is born. Who did they announce it to? They announced it to shepherds. It's like of all people on the earth, you picked the stinky shepherds working the night shift. There's nothing wrong with this, but they would have never, like, imagined that the people working flocks at night in that society, at night, smelling like sheep, right, that the good news of the Savior, of the eternal, entire world for all eternity was going to come to people who smelled like animals, which should make all of us feel good, right? 
Because it makes sure we're all on the list, right? Because unto you it's born. Is that, is that Jesus or the Lord has such a soft spot for shepherds? Have you noticed this? Right? Abraham is a shepherd, right? Jacob is a shepherd, right? Even Moses, when he flees Egypt, he goes out into the deserts. What, what is he doing? What's his job? Shepherd. David, when he gets called into ministry, he's not even there. His own dad doesn't even bring him in. He's out being what? A shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He's got a soft spot for shepherds, and one of my favorite things about it is because he's saying, listen, who came to me when I was a baby was the rulers and the working man and everyone in between. Everyone, 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 right? The joy has come unto you. Ordinary people like you and me, we are shepherds. That's us. And the news today that they bring is that joy has come to you. And hear me, joy has come to you because the Savior has come near to you. That joy has come to you. you. You're not deciding. It has been decided. That joy has come to the earth because God has come near to you. See, Israel had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the Savior, right? They're believing that God dwelt in the temple. The temple was destroyed, Right? So they're like, where, where does God dwell? Where, where does God? God is just massive. They've seen a pillar of fire, pillar of smoke parting the Red Sea. They're like, oh, we just desire for God to return. And yet what he does in this moment as they're waiting for God is in this moment God comes near in an unexpected way. We talked about it last week about the birth of our Savior. That God, Jesus, right, came to be with us. Emmanuel was his name, which means God with us. That Jesus came to be near, to promise that not only is he near now, but he's near forever, for all of eternity. It's not that God was just near the shepherds that saw him and were like, like trying to gently like talk around the baby so you don't wake him. They're like, this is the Savior. He doesn't even have a sword. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> he's super poor. Like, you know, like, what is he going to do? Right? He's... They're, they're gathered around this baby, but he was born a baby. He walked the earth. He desired to be near people, fully man, fully God, to be near us. And what's cool is as we see, even before Jesus was born, as Jesus draws near to people, the fruit of their nearness, of their closeness, of their relationship is joy. See, a relationship with Jesus should bring us joy. Christians, we should be joyful people. I'm not saying always happy, always on top, always smiley. We can let someone else have that. I'm saying we should always have the joy of the Lord as our strength. Because the closer we discover him, it, the, the prayer is that the fruit of it would be joy. Right, Psalms 4, 7, oh God, you are to my heart a richer joy than all. Zephaniah 3.17, shout for joy, rejoice, exult with your heart. The Lord is in your midst. Luke 1.28, rejoice, so highly favored, talking to Mary, the Lord is with you. See, I, I, I think the hardest thing in the holiday is we spend so much time trying to buy happiness, thinking that it's joy, that we miss the gift of joy that has already been sent, bought, and paid for for us. It's already been born, already gone to the cross, already defeated death, hell, and the grave. It's already happened. And we're taught and conditioned, I think, that joy is the same as feeling good. And anybody who's ever had to struggle to really press into the joy of the Lord has known that some of those times have come when you're feeling real bad. 
like real bad. People ask you and you're like, I'm doing good in your brain. Your brain's like, you're doing terrible. Tell them. And you're like, no, I'm just going to internalize it. Because the joy of the Lord is more than just happiness. See, the gifts in your hand that you hold on Christmas will never fill your soul. You can fill your house. You can fill your car. You can fill your hands. You can fill another storage unit once you filled your house. But you cannot fill your soul. Only the joy of the Lord can do that. Only the joy of the Lord can do that. What's great is you don't got to earn it. You don't got to buy it. You just receive it. You allow it to stir it up inside of you. See, every religion in the world, every other religion is about changing you in order to receive salvation or atonement or eternity or love. Aligning yourself in that way. But Christianity flips it. Jesus flips it and says, I already gave it to you, and I'm believing that when you receive the love the salvation, that it will transform you. Because I know that it's true and good. You don't have to do all this prerequisite work so that we're safe. But I know that when I give it to you, it should transform you, that you'll receive the joy of the Lord, that you'll receive the joy from God, and it's real. It's not just happiness. Now, happiness is part of it, but it's, it's wrapped up in this eternal joy. Are you with me this morning? Verse 11, we're, we're kind of just floating right here if you're still with me. It says, unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This goes all the way back to what's prophesied, right? Isaiah 7:14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. This goes back to Isaiah 9, 2 through 7 that I'm going to read for you because this is prophesied long before Jesus came. This is prophesied about him. It says this, Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tra tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, that part's intense, but we'll keep going. For to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. See, we were promised not only a God that would come down and be a baby with us, but that he would be a savior. Right? It's not just enough that God, it's like, wow, God figured out a way to get all of God into this tiny little baby package. It's that God it came down as a baby to be the Savior, amen? That he came down with, it, with a goal in mind. And so the second thing we see in joy is that joy comes from salvation. Now, when I'm saying salvation, I'm saying the gospel at work in your life. Follow me here. 
I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about that moment. Now, I love this moment when people, you know, encounter God for the very first time and they're fired up in, in their worship. I love that. But I'm not just talking about this, right? I'm talking about God at work in your life, the salvation of the Lord at work in your life. See, the good news of great joy is that a baby was born. And who was he born for? The, the Israelites? No, for all people. Thank goodness for that, right? Because I am not an Israelite, so I'd be in trouble. But the Savior came for all people, no matter who you are, you and I. When the angels came down, when the angel is there and they're proclaiming the good news and they're just terrifying these shepherds, they are looking through time to you proclaiming the Savior. They are looking by the power of the living, breathing word of God. They are looking at you throughout all time and proclaiming the truth that the Savior is born to you. And it comes from this. And when we experience this incredible gift of salvation, it should stir our hearts. I pray that it does. I'm not saying if you're struggling with joy right now, you're not saved. Please don't hear me say that. I'm saying my prayer for you is that as you discover more of the goodness of the salvation you've received, that it would well up some joy. Good? We're good? Okay, good. Because it's, it's more than just happiness. I like Luke 1, uh, 46 through 49. I'm going to read it. Don't worry about skipping there because I'm kind of jumping all around, but it's pretty close. Is that when Jesus, uh, when, sorry, we see the joy of the Lord in Mary in responding, right? The angel visits Mary, and Mary's response is this. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and, and holy in his, is his name. Luke 20, like Luke 2.20, we see the same thing. It says, and the shepherds, once they had seen Jesus, once they had seen the Savior, returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, the shepherds had not seen Jesus do anything. I've seen newborn babies. We have had one. I can tell you with 90% confidence, newborn babies do absolutely nothing. They, I have never seen a newborn child lay hands and heal somebody, right? But they knew when they saw Jesus. They knew. Because when you encounter Christ, when you encounter the living God, you know. It changes you. You have to be changed. So talk about a miracle. Like I know the water and the wine is his first one, but this is a pretty good one too. That he is so powerfully and truly the living God as flesh that even as a baby, he's making an impression. You People are like, that's a cute baby. People are like, that one's going to save the world. You're like, ah, yeah, fair. Right? I mean, he is making such a miraculous impression in people's life. And what's happening is we see the joy well up. And this is a trend of Jesus through his whole life. Look at the joy of the woman at the well who comes on her fifth husband, who feels like the outcast, isn't overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord, goes back into her whole town, leads her whole town out to receive Christ. Think about that. Day one, prostitute. Next day, evangelist. Saving a whole town. That's how quick, because Jesus transforms, he renews, he brings the joy. Think of, think of the prodigal son. So if you've been waiting for your evangelistic calling because you're working on some stuff in your life, I'll give you some scripture later. 
Look at even the thief on the cross. Look at the prodigal son. And when Jesus is sharing and teaching, there's a joy of encountering the Lord. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, throughout the whole Bible, when people encounter the reality of a Savior, whether they see him in the flesh or in prophecy or a word from God, it stirs up joy in their heart. When they truly get what it means for them, when they truly get it, when they truly get this, that the gospel is alive. The gospel is alive. I think, I think about this. This would happen uh, in our last churches that people would get saved. And where we are, especially, I mean, like they, man, when they get saved, they're, they're coming out of stuff that's just mind-blowing, young people, old people. And when they get saved, they would worship so dramatically, like so dramatically. And people would look at me and be like, are you going to, like, let this go? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can join them whenever you want, right? <laughs> like, hop on in. Right? They worship so, worship so dramatically or they, they would just be sold out to it and, and, and praising him and, and all into it because they, they've, they've received something that is stirring something up in their life, that's doing something, that's transforming, that's, that's bringing joy. If you've ever been trapped in depression and you've encountered a little bit of Jesus and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is joy? It's like, man, I'll look dumb for this. That's fine. You just tell me what I got to do, and I'll get there. I'll get to the altar. I'll, I'll lay down before the Lord. It's like before I was standing there not sure what to think, but I'm not even singing this, the words on the screen. I'm just making it up, and I'm just going for it. And it's just like, thank you, Jesus. Like, whatever it is, it's fine. I don't care. You didn't come here to impress me. You came here because God is the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. And when it gets a hold of you, stop stopping it. Allow it to pour out. Allow it to go forth and be like, God, the joy comes from the salvation, and I'm joyful. Everything in my life looks crazy, but I'm welling up some joy somehow. For some reason, it's happening. How am I joyful right now? And just allow it to happen. New, new believers, old believers, if you want to worship, if you want to dance, if you want to get, I, you know what, that's fine. Do it. Get it. Joy of the Lord. Now, if you're acting up, you know, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> you're trying to get attention. Okay, well, let's talk. But if the joy of the Lord is stirring up, of the salvation of God is stirring up joy, allow it to do it. Allow yourself the freedom to do that. Don't punish yourself. Don't feel like, well, I've sinned, so i got to stay down here. No, you don't. It's a gift. He's given it. Receive it. Walk in it. Live in it. And I love that not only have we received this gift, the hope of Christ, but it's a gift that keeps giving, keeps renewing, keeps strengthening. The third thing this morning, I'm going to invite the band up, is that joy brings us to worship, and worship brings more joy. See, this is what y'all get when you come to a church where the lead pastor was a worship pastor for a while. <laughs> I've done a lot of research on worship, and we could talk about what's commanded. We could talk about that literally God said we have to. We could talk about all that kind of stuff. But that, that seems wrong because then that's motivated by fear to sing or to, to say or to pray. That's not how it works, right? The blessing is that, that when we encounter the joy of the Lord, it stirs something inside of us. And the response to that stirring, the response to that salvation, the response to that love is just to worship. Sometimes it's jumping around. Sometimes it's falling on your knees. Sometimes it's sitting in a corner. Sometimes it's opening the word, whatever it is. I'm not telling you how to worship God. That's you. 
But I'm telling you that when you encounter God, when you encounter the joy, it should stir you to worship. And you're blessed because as you worship, worship stirs up more joy. See, when the angel visits Mary with the news of Christ, she worships. When the, when the shepherds visit Jesus, they worship. When we encounter Jesus, it wells up inside of us and we worship. Not, not a feeling, but the joy of the Lord, that awe of him, that thankfulness, that love, that work of his spirit in us should motivate us to praise. Here's the best trade-off ever, is that as you allow the joy of Christ to lead you into worship, it stirs up more than you can imagine. You come in with a little, you leave with a lot. It's a trade-off. It's this beautiful. God is constantly giving us, like, these incredible exchanges. And you're like, really, God? Like, if God was a business, he would not be making money. Like, really? I get to give you sin and you give me all of this eternal life, the beautiful exchange? I get to give you... What's like, as much joy as I can drag into this place and worship, and you give me more? What are you getting out of this? And he says, I'm getting you. That's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted you. I've always wanted you. Nothing else. Not a show. Not a building. I've always wanted you. I've always wanted you. As you face difficulty in life, I think the normal pattern is to pull away from worship. Because when you come in, especially the musical act of worship, and there's a lot of things about singing that are so powerful, and they release things in your mind, and, and all these things. It's very powerful. Your mind and singing are very, very linked. But as you come in, it can be hard. Because what you're facing isn't aligning with what maybe we're proclaiming on the songs. And it's hard. And so the natural thing, and it's all natural. We've all done this, right? Amen. <laughs> is to pull away from worship because we're struggling with joy. The problem with that is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because we're not feeling it. We pull away from it. And as we pull away from it, we get less of it. It's kind of like this. My wife and I started eating keto. Keto? Keto? Keto. And I hate it with all of my heart, deep down inside, all the way to my fat stomach. But as we ate better, I felt better, which made me want to eat better, right? And then as I was like, oh, I really want some of this, I really want some of this, I was like, no, because I remember the feeling of actually feeling better. And as I did it more, I, my body received more, was renewed more, my mind was renewed more, and all these things, because they're, they're all linked, which is good and healthy, and I did eat chocolate last night. And I know this is trivial, but my, this is what I'm trying to say in a powerful way. Think of David. David, who was called to something great and yet spent a decent chunk of his life in caves and running and trying to be killed. And yet what we see in David is that time and time again, even when he was in the cave, he would go before the Lord with worship. And we get these phrases, Psalm 20, may we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our God, set up our banners, may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Psalm 33, 1, shout for joy in the Lord. That was written in a cave. Oh, you righteous, praise befits the upright. Psalms 84, 2, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy of the living God. Psalm 92, 4, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Psalm 95, 1, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Not think for the Lord. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise, a joyful noise to the rock 
of our salvation. This is one of the greatest parts of Advent. It's one of my favorite parts of Advent is that joy was promised to us. And not only were we given the gift of joy through Jesus Christ, but you are given the tool to discover more joy through him. Think about that. You were given the gift, and then once you got this gift, you're like, this is great. And then they're like, yeah, do you want more? He's like, yeah, I would, I would love more of this. And he's like, great, here's how you do it. You worship it. You're like, that's it. I don't have to, like, do a certain amount of, like, numbers, and I don't have to, like, give it, you know, do this, and I don't have to, like, go here, and I don't have to, like, do this, and I'm going to spend two years doing this. Like, no, just worship me. Wow. Because at the end of the day, God sent his son, Emmanuel, to be with you because God has always desired to be in relationship with you. Did you know that? That when Jesus came to the earth, he desired to be with you. He went to the cross and was resurrected so you could be with him forever. So now you get an earthly work and a heavenly work and you get to rejoice in both. But our response is simply worship. And I want to encourage you. Again, please hear me. I'm not saying you've got to lift your hands here, do this here, kneel here, but I'm saying you've got to, you got to do something. It is, joy is something where you are given the tools to discover more, and God is saying, how much do you want it? You can go buy happiness, or you can worship into joy. Which one do you want to do? Which one do you want to do? Because there is an unending storeroom of joy. And it might look different in different seasons. It might sound different in different seasons. It might feel different in different seasons. But it's still true in every season that as you worship, you'll discover more joy. That joy is the fruit of God coming near. And in coming near and discovering his salvation, more joy comes from his salvation. And that joy stirs us to worship. And as it stirs us to worship, we discover more joy. Praise God. It's almost like he knew what he was doing. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to do this. I want to give you an opportunity to worship him. I like this song because uh, it has the word Bethlehem. That's fun. Anytime you can work it in, it's good. <laughs> can you put up the chorus of this song? It says, angels, let your song begin. Here comes heaven. What does that mean? Here comes heaven. It means the Lord, our God sent his son to be with you. Not far from you. Not distant from you. Not kind of near you until you get weird. But God with you. God to be with you. And this morning all he is saying is, are you willing to draw near to me? Are you willing to worship me? To press into me? To say, God, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of trying to manufacture happiness on my own. I want you he, you know what he's going to say to that this morning? It doesn't matter where you, how you got in here. He's going to say, great, amen, I'm with you. I came for you. I've been waiting for you. Some of you are here this morning. God has been waiting for you for 25 years, but you're right here, and he's saying, do you desire to have my love in your life and in your heart? Do you want the joy of the Lord? Well, stop trying to do it by yourself. You don't have to. I came so that you could walk with me the road of transformation, sanctification. You can discover the freedom of life, no longer a slave to sin, but walking in the light with him.
want to pray for you this morning. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give an opportunity for worship in just a moment. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. So you can hear me, what I'm saying here. We can focus our minds and our hearts. I know we're going to rush out to a block party, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to eat good food. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be sand, all these good things. But before you go, in this moment, I want to give you an opportunity to commune with a God who stirs up real joy in your heart. To come near to him. So how, how do I do that? Give, give me a way. It can't just be ambiguous. Here it is. We just talked. We call it prayer, but it's communing with God. And you say, God, I'm tired of living for myself. Tired of trying to manufacture happiness. I need you to stir up real joy in my heart. Would you come near to me? Would you stir up joy in my life? Maybe you have a friend who you know is struggling with depression and you're going to pray in this moment. God, would you stir up joy in their life? Would you encounter them in the name of Jesus? Or would you stir up joy in their, in their life? I believe this morning some of you are wrestling. We prayed for you this morning in prayer. You're wrestling with depression. You're wrestling what has captivated your mind. And right now, the Lord wants to free you and release you by the power of his spirit. We just say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. I need the joy that comes from you. Would you draw near to me? Would you draw near to me? Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want to do this. If you've never invited Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never given your life to him. You've never said, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I want to follow you. I want to live for eternity with you. If you've never done that. If you've never surrendered, you're saying this morning, I need joy. I need Jesus. That's what you really mean. And you're saying this morning, I need Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed, would you just lift your hand up? Making a commitment this morning, saying, I need Jesus in my life. And just put it back down. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you this morning. God, I thank you for those that raised their hand at this moment, that made the commitment to say, God, today I'll, I, I choose Jesus. I don't want to do it by myself. I don't want to do it by manufacturing. I don't want to do it by getting hyped. I don't want to try to earn it. I don't want to try to find it. I know that you've given it. And so now, Jesus, I just say I lay all of myself and my heart aside. And I say, Jesus, come into my heart. I give you authority in my life. And I say, would you reign over me? And in this moment, stir up joy in my heart. Stir up joy in my life. thing, every eye closed, every head bowed, almost done this morning, is if you're in this season, you're saying, I really need joy. I need the joy of the Lord, not happiness. It hasn't been doing it for me. I need the joy of the Lord in my life. Would you lift your hand up? And we're going to pray together. You're saying, I need joy in my life. I've been struggling with identity. I've been struggling with depression. I've been struggling with loneliness, and I'm feeling kind of trapped. And I'm just saying this morning, God, I need your joy. I need the joy of Jesus Christ in my life. I need it to come from you. I've tried other things, but I need it to come from you. Just lift your hand up and leave it up. Lift it up, leave it up. Lift it up and leave it up all the way up. 
If you want to go both hands, because you're just in the full posture of receiving, go both hands. Lifting it up, saying, God, I need the joy that comes from you. I'm tired of this anxiety. I'm tired of this worry. I'm tired of this not quite making it or measuring up. I just need the joy from you. And I'm going to pray for you. Every hand raised in a posture of receiving. And then in just a moment after I pray, our prayer team will come forward. And our worship band is going to lead us. We're going to worship. As you worship, we're going to believe that joy just swells in your heart. But I'm going to pray for you this morning. God, I pray right now over all these people. I pray that you would begin to stir up joy that comes from an encounter with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would begin to well it up in their hearts, God. Not manufactured happiness, but the joy of the Lord. That the fruit of you coming near to them would be the joy of the Lord. That it would be joy in their life joy in their heart that goes beyond all situations, all circumstances, all places, all times, all doubts, all fears, that it would stir up right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray as we worship you, as we bring it before you, would you stir it up and well of joy in the name of Jesus. Stir it up in this place. Stir it up in this place.